Welcome back. James Paniki with you. This is MLEX's weekly podcast covering the most pressing regulatory issues of the week, and it's great to have your company. Now, regular listeners of this podcast would be familiar with AdTech, that is online advertising services, and the different legal challenges on this front facing Google in the United States. We've talked about the state attorneys general and the antitrust lawsuit lodged in a Texas court, which is taking Google to task over its AdTech stack And we'll get into that terminology in just a moment. As all of this is unfolding in the Lone Star State, 13,000 kilometres away, that is 8,500 miles away in Sydney, Australia, the competition regulator has just published its interim report into ad tech. And again, it suggests that Google is facing a complex regulatory future in the country, a country which the search giant has threatened to pull out of entirely fighting words there. More on that in just over 10 minutes time. First up though to developments in the US and I'm joined by Mike Acton, MLEX senior correspondent and a member of our digital team in San Francisco. Okay Mike, for those who uh, haven't followed this story, let's start with a quick recap on what the Texas Attorney General's case against Google is all about. So the case was brought in December by the Republican Attorney General of Texas and also nine other Republican Attorney Generals across the US. And it was the last in a sort of spree of lawsuits that uh, were filed by the uh, enforcers in the US against Google towards the end of last year in the backlash uh, which we saw in Congress uh, against uh, big tech. So the, the, the Texas case looks specifically at what's called the ad tech stack. Now, it's something that is it's an extremely complicated market. Uh, and the best way to describe it would be a, a whole network of businesses that are the sort of middleman between a publisher. So that could be, you know, a news website or any website, web page that you go and visit uh, and the advertisers that are trying to sell you things uh, when you click on a website. What you don't realize and most people don't realize is there's a whole complex process of auctioning and bidding that happens to get a specific advert uh, in front of your face on that web page. And the Texas AG complaint essentially says that Google has rigged that sort of market that that lurks below the surface of the Internet that you don't really see on a day to day basis. But they say that that market has essentially been fixed by Google, that it's established an illegal monopoly through a series of different strategies, such as acquisitions, um, but also exclusionary practices and basically acting as a bottleneck uh, in, in that sort of in that market. Okay, so that's what the Texas uh, case is all about. What has happened in the month or so since the lawsuit was filed? Well, first of all, they've lawyered up. And it's quite extraordinary the sums of money that are being poured into this case uh, from the state side. So the the Texas Attorney General and the states have hired two major law firms. Uh, One of those law firms is looking at an upfront fee of $43.3 million if that's cleared by the Texas lawmakers, uh, which is quite extraordinary. And the other law firm is looking at upfront payments of around $5.5 million just to provide expert witnesses in the trial. So there's a huge amount of political interest in this case, of course. It's landed in the Texas court, uh, the Eastern District of Texas court, which is known as the rocket docket because it's uh, 
well known for being quite fast in processing cases. A lot of this litigation tends to be quite slow in the US. Uh, and this week, we've had the first hearing in the case where we've had the first outing for the lawyers for both sides. And I think it's fair to say that the relationship is a little tense already. Uh, the initial debate was essentially over over uh, how evidence is going to be handled in the case because there's already some bad blood because the lawsuit that the public got access to that Texas filed was heavily redacted. So there was a lot of potentially incriminating claims against Google that were sort of edited out. And eventually the full version, the uh, the unredacted version was leaked to the press. And so that actually came up in the first court hearing is on the one hand, you have the Google lawyers saying we need a decent framework for how this evidence is handled and protected and pointing fingers at the state attorney general saying you leaked this this sort of sensitive information to the press and on the flip side you have for the for the Texas uh, attorney general and the other states you have them warning that Google could potentially be uh, culling data and surveilling the enforcers themselves throughout the process of this case through their data gathering activities. So it's it's quite unusual to see such sort of acrimonious opening shots in a lawsuit. Mm. Now, as this is unfolding, there are private lawsuits against Google in California. How are these complicating things? So the California case in the US, obviously, Google is, is, is a Silicon Valley company. Uh, and private litigation is the sort of other side of the equation. Um, and there have actually there was actually already a case in front of the California court, which alleged very similar things to what the Texas Attorney General alleged. This has been sort of bubbling along in the background for some time. These private lawsuits sort of take some time. Um, the moment that the Texas Attorney General filed that lawsuit in December, suddenly you saw a whole load of follow-on lawsuits. And all of these are, are filed in, uh, or, the, or the bulk of them are filed in the California Northern District Court. So Google now faces this Texas lawsuit in a Texas court, and it's seeking to get that Texas Attorney General's lawsuit moved to California. And one of its arguments is that there is this whole load of litigation in California, and it would make much more sense. Google's based in California. It's not actually a Texas case, they say. I mean, why is this specific to Texas is essentially what Google argues. You've got 10 different attorney generals from all across the US who are going to the Texas court. Why not bring it to California and and sort of have the same judge or or the same court at least look at uh, these allegations in full? so from the from the first hearing, it doesn't seem that that's necessarily particularly likely that the case, the, the judge in Texas will field that. And uh, this week, we also saw a hearing in the private litigation, a case management conference in California, where the judge, Beth uh, Lapson Freeman, basically said, don't hold your breath. I don't, I don't. She obviously does not expect to see that case moved. But it does sort of draw attention to this conflicting jurisdiction issue where you have a whole landslide of private litigation and then a sort of a flagship enforcer lawsuit, which is happening in Texas. So it obviously sort of spreads Google's issues out. And Google would prefer to have it moved back to California, p- partly perhaps because it might be a slower process as well, um, since the Texas court is known for moving very fast. And, and just to be absolutely clear for listeners, the, the, the reason why it's in Texas, presumably, is because the attorney generals are attracted to that rocket docket uh, that you just mentioned earlier on, the fact that it would uh, likely proceed expeditiously. Yes. So it's the, the whole investigation that was carried out before the lawsuit was filed was carried out, was coordinated by the multiple attorneys general's offices, but the Texas 
Attorney General. Uh, Ken Paxton was basically the figurehead for that. He did the standing on the courthouse courthouse steps and announcing the lawsuit. And it's very much sort of his case or his office's case, at least. And that's why it's landed in the Texas court. But also, yes, there is an obvious advantage there, at least from the uh, from the enforcer's perspective, that they will get a they they will move that case along faster uh, in Texas than they will elsewhere. Now, Mike, remind us what header bidding is and how Facebook has been dragged into this case. So the Texas case obviously looks at this whole ecosystem of different companies uh, owned by Google at different stages in the chain through which an ad goes from an advertiser to a publisher, uh, a display ad, I should say, goes from an advertiser to a publisher. And the allegation is that Google has been using a variety of tactics to ensure that its own ad exchange, which is a sort of auction system which processes the various bids. If an advertiser bids for a space on a web page, it sort of does that. And in fractions of a second, it, it sorts out who wins that bid for that space on the page when you visit the website. Now, the head of bidding is essentially, you can think of it as a sort of technical workaround if you're a publisher if you have a web page and you want to use that space on that web page to advertise products, then if you want to bypass Google's ecosystem, you use this header bidding process that sort of appeared in the around a few years ago, and it essentially allows you to send out a an advert basically for your space to multiple exchanges, so not just Google's exchange. The crucial element of the Texas lawsuit uh, and the surprising element of the Texas lawsuit was it revealed evidence that Facebook in 2017 was on the verge of endorsing, which has Facebook has its own uh, ad display ad network. It was on the verge of endorsing this technical workaround, basically, um, to get around the Google uh, ecosystem. And uh, it was held at the time in some press outlets as a sort of massive challenge to Google's alleged dominance in the ad tech space. And then it appears to have curbed that decision. Uh, and the Texas lawsuit alleges that there was basically a deal cut between Google and Facebook by which Facebook was given unfair advantages in the auctioning process for, 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 for ads. And in return, Facebook agreed to back down and put an end or at least stop throwing its substantial weight behind this workaround for the Google ad system. In a sense, it endorsed Google's alleged monopoly. Um, so it, that's how Facebook's been dragged into it. It's not actually a target of the lawsuit itself. It's not listed as a defendant, but obviously in private litigation, there's nothing to stop you know, individuals, companies from coming forward and, and, and taking on Facebook as well as Google for this alleged horizontal cooperation, which is, you know, if, if, if true, would appear to be a pretty clear violation of antitrust law. Mm. Okay, so, so far we've talked about two jurisdictions, Texas and California, but the US isn't the only jurisdiction where Google has been drawing questions over its ad tech business. So let's talk uh, about the international uh, backdrop of this. What is the state of play globally? So in the case of the US, it's often sort of, I guess, accused of being slow in catching up with other jurisdictions on these things. What's interesting about the Texas case is that the enforcers in this case seem to be ahead of other enforcers around the world. But that doesn't mean that 
other enforcers aren't also looking at this. So, for instance, the Competition and Markets Authority in the UK has been very rigorous in looking into this market. It carried out a market investigation to try and understand the dynamics at play. It's extremely complicated, even if you were trying to, you know, even if you're writing about this on a regular basis, it's still very hard to understand this market. It's extremely complex and the competition, competitive dynamics are very hard to understand. So the Competition Markets Authority carried out this this, invest, this, this initial market study. And now we know that they are um, they're actually directly investigating Google's um, cookie policies, uh, which are linked to uh, the ad tech uh, business because the one of the advantages Google has is the data it has on individuals that it can use for targeting ads. So Competition and Market Authority is probing Google on that basis. In the case of the European Commission, it's long been gathering data on Google's practices. And at the end of last year, we, we reported that they'd sent out questionnaires to a number of market actors, specifically, again, looking at the ad tech market. Um, France has a uh, an ongoing investigation, so does Italy. And uh, now the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission is also uh, carrying out an inquiry into the same sector. So Google's attracting a lot of heat on all sides. And in a sense, you can think about the Texas lawsuit as a sort of harbinger of potential further probes to come into that sort of shadowy side of its business. Mike, thank you so much for making the time to talk to me today. I'll speak to you next time. Thanks. Mike Acton is an MX Senior reporter covering data privacy and security and will post a link to our coverage of the most recent developments on the ad tech front at our website, mlexmarketinsight.com. Just head for the Insight Centre tab. In just a moment, we'll be crossing to Australia to see how the local competition watchdog is managing the ad tech regulatory challenge. You're listening to MLEX's weekly podcast, available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud and Stitcher. James Paniki with you. Thank you for making it this far. As we mentioned earlier, Australia's competition regulator has just published the results of its initial review of ad tech, and it has put some very big picture ideas on the table. Laurel Henning is an MLEX senior correspondent, and she joins us now from Sydney. Okay, Laurel, uh, tell us something about this report. Where did it come from? Why was it uh, written? And given that it's an interim report, is there in fact a date for the final document? So this ad tech inquiry from the Australian competition regulator has its origin story, as it were, in the regulator's digital platforms inquiry, which was an 18 month long um, report uh, that really took a deep dive into the impact of Facebook and Google on competition in the media and advertising industries in Australia. That inquiry was published in 2019 and it sort of spawned these further inquiries, including this one, um, as well as lawsuits against both Facebook and Google. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, and when the chairman of the Australian competition regulator, so I'll refer to that now as the ACCC, uh, when the chairman of the ACCC, Rod Sims, announced this inquiry, this ad tech inquiry, he said the regulator had heard many concerns during the digital platforms inquiry about the complexity and opacity of ad tech and ad agency services. And he said this has the potential to undermine advertisers' abilities to choose services that provide the best value for money for them. 
The ACCC had sought feedback for the ad tech uh, probe on four main issues. The amount of information made available to market participants, including on pricing and revenue flows, competition throughout the ad tech supply chain, the role and use of data, and whether competition and efficiency are affected by supplier behaviour. So this inquiry began in March last year, and the final report, obviously, as we mentioned at the top, this is an interim report, is expected to be handed to government by August 31st of this year. All right, well, let's cover that interim report. What were its main findings? I'd say there were three main things for us to look at here. So ACCC Chairman Rod Sims said at the time of the report's publication that Google's significant presence across Australia's ad tech supply chain, combined with its significant data advantage, has left it with the ability and the incentive to preference its own ad tech business in ways that affect competition. So secondly, the ACCC said it also heard concerns about Google's restrictions on rivals' access to different types of data um, and its move to block access to DoubleClick ID, its proposal to block third-party cookies as well on, on Chrome, which it's phasing out by 2022. One more thing on the contents of the report, it also raised concerns about uh, conflict of interest when it comes to businesses that rely on Google-owned platforms such as um, YouTube, for example. So if you're advertising on YouTube, uh, you are forced, because it's owned by Google, you're forced to use Google's ad tech services to buy those ads. Okay, so we should point out that these reports also, even though they're interim reports, it also contains recommendations, they're interim recommendations, obviously. So what are they and what is next for the report? Absolutely. So based on those findings, um, especially the data-related concerns, the ACCC um, has suggested proposals already to break up data sets by requiring businesses such as Google um, to make it easy for consumers to move their data among among rivals of Google. So there are also proposals uh, on data silos or purpose limitation requirements that would prevent data gathered in the context of supplying one service from being used in the supply of another service. Now, data separation, I just want to dig a little bit further into this. It's something that was recommended by the UK Competition and Markets Authority last year. Mike's mentioned that report in his discussion with you previously. Um, And it's something that we've seen discussed locally in previous reporting we've done as well, this idea of data separation, because Australia already has data portability programs set up for the financial industry, and it has plans to apply those measures to to other sectors too. And sometimes thrown around in that discussion of future sectors that that regulation should apply to um, are the digital platforms. They're sort of part becoming more and more part of that discussion. So, however, at the same time, we should just keep in mind that there are concerns that data separation would be really burdensome um, and and a difficult thing to introduce. This is something we've also reported on before. We've done some analysis on this and and looked at how difficult it would actually be to ensure that those data sets are actually kept separate. That would be a real challenge for the regulator if that recommendation became something that it had to enforce. And in terms of what's next, well, the interim report is seeking submissions by February 26th on options for addressing competition concerns on the recommendations that it's uh, put forward, including rules to manage conflict conflict of interest and to avoid self-preferencing in the supply of ad tech services, um, as well as transparency proposals to help providers assess the price and quality of services. This all comes at a time when digital platforms are facing increasing levels of uh, scrutiny in Australia. So maybe tell us something about 
some of the other challenges facing uh, Facebook and Google at the moment. That's right, James. And it's also a moment where Rod Sims has said that he's very keen for the ACCC to work with international regulators very closely on these issues and that he thinks regulators around the world who are working on um, on regulating digital platforms should all or can all learn from one another at this time. Um, but, but particularly in Australia, the digital platforms inquiry has led to not only to further reports such as the ad tech inquiry that we've just been discussing, but a long term digital platform inquiry, which is running through to 2025 and is being broken up into sort of six monthly reports, which each focus on a different issue. And so far, we've had reports on private messaging, competition among pri- in private messaging supply, um, and ongoing at the moment is an inquiry into competition in app uh, store marketplaces, really looking at Google and Apple's um, app stores, and that's due next month. Aside from those inquiries, the digital platforms inquiry has also led to new draft legislation. Um, the media bargaining code in the Australia is in the Australian Senate at the moment, being debated there by policymakers, and is designed to make Facebook and Google pay for the news that they host on their platforms, and has faced fierce debates so far. So Google has already said that the code is unworkable in its current form, and that in a worst case scenario, if it entered into force as it currently looks, um, it would actually withdraw its search service from Australia. Now, I should also add that just today, Google has then uh, launched its Google News showcase product in Australia, sort of as a counter to this legislation or as it's offering as to what it will do to support news publishers while this legislation enters into force. So it's, it's, it's sort of its offer to the bargaining table, as it were. Although that, that threat of leaving Australia altogether is still on the table, isn't it? Because it's quite a remarkable threat. Yes, it's still on the table. And predominantly because within that legislation, there are things that Google will still say are unworkable. And that includes the arbitration model that's in the code. That's what Google is really taking issue with. And that, just to unpack that for a moment, is where if Google or Facebook fail to reach... Um, an agreement with news publishers that that news publishers are happy to take an offer, a financial offer that they're happy to take. The news publishers can turn around to Australia's media regulator and say, we want to go to arbitration on this. And then an independent arbitrator um, takes a final offer from Google or Facebook and a final offer from the news publishers as to what they want to receive. And it decides what is the appropriate amount of money. So that threat is very much on the table because of that element of the legislation still. And uh, just in a few words, both Facebook and Google are facing lawsuits in Australia, which are peculiar in a way because they are data related, it's privacy related, but it's under Australian consumer law. Absolutely right. So Google's facing two lawsuits, one over its location data practices on Android devices and another over personal data used in targeted advertising. Um, The ACCC's consumer lawsuit against Facebook focuses on allegations that um, a company that it acquired, Onavo Protect, um, aggregated and used significant amounts of users' personal activity data for Facebook's commercial benefit. And then Facebook used that data in um, helping it with, with acquisitions that it subsequently made. So as you pointed out, those lawsuits are under consumer law. In large part, um, that's because consumer law in Australia is much stronger than privacy law, the penalties that these companies could face as a result of these lawsuits are far higher under current um, commercial law comparatively to current privacy law, which is under review in Australia as well. Um, and obviously, this is all on top of the uh, the international pressure that Mike's already discussed with you. 
This is clearly an incredible time when it comes to the regulation of the big platforms. So we're so glad that you can cover it in such detail. Uh, Laurel, thank you so much. And I'll speak to you next time. Thank you, James. Laurel Henning speaking to us from Sydney, not too far from the flight path of Sydney International Airport, in fact, as you may have heard just now. And we'll post some of our most recent reporting on the ACCC's ad tech inquiry at our website, mlexmarketinsight.com. That's M-L-E-X marketinsight.com. And of course, our subscribers will have full access to our case files or portfolios that feature reporting on the Australian ad tech inquiry, as well as the Texas Google lawsuit. It's all there at your virtual fingertips. Thank you for staying with us. We'll be back in your feed next Friday at around the same time. I'm James Paniki, and from all of us here at MLEX and LexisNexis, thank you very much for listening. I'll catch you again next week. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.